Welcome back to Mid Condition, a baseball card podcast where we each bring a baseball card from our collection, give each other hints, and do a deep dive on the player's career. I'm Robbie Greenspan, joined as always by Chris Branca. Chris, how you doing? Doing good, Robbie. Um, today my co-star said that I should spend time with you, so this is great. <laughs> I just I want to clarify here that the co-star is not the co-star of the podcast, meaning it's not that I said that you should spend more time with me. It is the astrology app that you have, that we have, I should clarify, that we both open from time to time. It's okay. Well, then perfect. That's why we're doing this. Yeah. Our friend Jack showed us it and it's, it really helps, you know, helps me plan my day out. It's, it's important to have. So, hey, thanks to our historian, Jack, for really getting us into, uh, not really getting us into astrology, but learning, teaching us about astrology. So when we need it, we can look at it and be like, oh, all right, cool. Yeah. So, yeah. to start the episode. <laughs> Has to. Has to have one. All right. So my player today, I'm excited about. It's it's one where I was like, oh, true, true. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited about my player. I think my hints are going to be pretty good. And I think I go first this time because you started last week, right? Sounds good to me. All right. So we'll just hop right into it. So, Robbie, I have a 1990 New York Yankees card. Okay. He played nine years in the span of 1989 to 2001. Okay. Do you have any first thoughts before I say his position? Okay. Nine years. Did he only play for the Yankees? No. Okay. So I'll get into that. He was a center okay, field. Well, okay. Well, my guess would have been... Hmm, Bernie Williams played more years than that. That would be my first guess. Um, okay. I don't know. Keep going. Yeah, that's pretty fair with the hints that I've given, but no. Um, teams, New York Yankees, Atlanta Braves, Cincinnati Reds, and San Francisco Giants. Um, no, nothing. So non-baseball fans would know about him. He hosted SNL in 1995. He's been on commercials, shows, and music videos. And he once competed against the Kardashian family in a Family Feud episode. What? I understand that it doesn't give you much, but the idea is that he's more present in our culture than baseball. But he only played nine years. So he's got to be from either a baseball, he's got to be a baseball family. Um, like, you don't play nine years and make that much of a cultural impact unless... I'm gonna set the center fielder for the Yankees. That's that's impressive. Is it Mickey Mantle? No, <laughs> <laughs> he did not play from '89 to 2001. But fair. I just okay. No, that makes yeah. I didn't think that he was with the Kardashians, but I couldn't remember. Uh, center fielder is Brian Jordan. No idea who that is. I uh, you're you're gonna be mad at me when I say this player. But you know him. I'll go to the next hint. Both of these statements are true. He has a 5.5 career war, and he is a Hall of Famer. What? Oh, it's, so it's got to be a manager. Did he make it in as a... No. Never been a manager. A Hall of Famer with a 5.5? He played nine years? It's a bit of a dirty hint. Did he die? No, he's alive right now. All right, I'll move on to the next hint. 
Again, you're going to be mad. He often said this quote. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So he's announcing. He has to be an announcer. He has to be announcing. No? Is that how he got in the Hall of Fame? Uh, did he he's, get... been on, he's been on pregame and postgame programmings. Did he get into the Hall of Fame based on his baseball? Here's my next hint. Blank is my wife. Baseball is my mistress. Nope, that means nothing to me. Well, to answer your question, no, he is not in the Hall of Fame because of baseball. Wait, he's in a different? Wait. Wait, what? Wait, I'm so confused right now. The last hint will probably give it away. So, give you a second. This is like a riddle. I'm like the Riddler in Batman right now. Um, okay. So, is it the Baseball Hall of Fame that he's in? No. <sighs> Screw you. Um, <laughs> the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? What? Blank is my wife. Baseball is my mistress. I don't know. I don't know. His nickname is Primetime. Uh, uh, Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders. Uh, well played. Well played. Uh, I understand how you had no shot, but I just wanted to put you through the ringer. Oh, that's well done. That's a really good one. Oh, that's frustrating. <laughs> it, it totally makes sense. I would not have gotten it. Yeah. What do you think about his career before I talk a little bit about his baseball stats? Okay. So I know very little about his baseball career. Just like he had one. It was cool. I, I thought that he made one all-star game, but I'm not positive. Um, I know that um, he played nine years. That's more than I thought. I guess does that count with the minors as well? No. So... I'll get into that. So he played 641 games in nine years, so not nine full seasons. Okay. Career 263 batting average, which isn't bad on its own, but his on-base percentage is only 319, 711 OPS, and an 89 OPS plus, and 39 home runs. So. Okay. So he wasn't great. He wasn't. Not not a good hitter, really. Um, I would have thought – he had like pretty good defense. Yeah. Career total of three runs above average, where zero is league average. Um, yeah. So he was above average, but not a phenomenal defender. Yeah. And that's pretty much what, like, I don't think that's probably enough to make up for his subpar hitting. Um, yeah. But he did have a really good year in 1992 for the Braves. He hit 304 in 97 games. 346 on base percentage, 841 OPS, and a 130 OPS plus. That's a good season. It's a good season, and it gives us a glimpse of like maybe if he uh, focused on baseball full time, like he could have been maybe a pretty good baseball player. Um, yeah, yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, and then the kind of one last stat I wanted to point out before we either turn it over to you or to go to Deion Sanders stories or something is. I thought maybe like, okay, so his offense wasn't great. His defense wasn't great, but it was good. I was like, maybe stolen bases. Maybe that's yeah. what Deion Sanders. That's what I was thinking. He had 186 career stolen bases, 
56 of those coming in 1997. So that year, he just took off. Right. Um, right. He played 115 games that year. And that ranks 400th all time. So his stolen bases aren't anything special. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I bet it was like he could steal bases. But it was also, like, I think it's under people underestimate how tiring it is and how like work, much work it is to steal a base. Because you, I mean, you, if you see, I think it was the Phillies for like a Sports Illustrated article. I'll see if I can find it. They showed their blisters that they get from different slides, and it, it, it can eat up your legs. Like you're really putting your whole weight on your legs. You're just sliding through dirt. Um, so it can take a toll, especially if he was worried about his football career. I kind of, I kind of get that. But mm-hmm. yeah, definitely interesting that he played nine years as like a average center fielder. Yeah, and. Uh... What was I going to say about stolen bases? Oh, yeah, he wasn't on base much either, so he probably didn't have many opportunities to. But yeah. uh, he, he does have two more. His 400th all-time ranks two more stolen bases than Ken Griffey Jr. I would have thought Griffey had more stolen bases. 100% would have thought. Although, I guess, probably later, like after the first, I don't know, five years, they're probably like, hey, Ken, you're not here to steal a base. So just, if you get on, just stand where you are. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um so yeah, those are Deion Sanders' stats. Um, we'll hand it back over to you, I guess, before we get into like Deion Sanders' stories. Or how do we usually do it? Do I just go in and I forget? Yeah, yeah, you can go the deep dive into it. Okay, so during the 1989 season, Deion hit a home run and scored a touchdown in the same week. That's really fun. I didn't know that he literally played both at the same time. I knew there's a famous like picture of him in route like changing jerseys or something so i knew that he did i didn't know how consistently did it but that's really cool yeah and he's the only person ever in history to play in a super bowl and a world series that's really cool yeah he hit 533 in the 1992 world series with eight hits two of them doubles and he scored four runs in five games and uh the braves lost it but he played really well that's it yeah he's phenomenal yeah and uh, he's made a rap album that was panned by critics. That makes sense. He's visited children's hospitals dressed as Sanders Claus. And he's published an autobiography titled Power, Money, and Sex, How Success Almost Ruined My Life. So sorry for the contrast there with Sanders Claus and yeah, that, gee. <laughs> that book. But it shows, you know, he, he's definitely, you know, faced probably a lot of adversity in light of his accomplishments. And... Yeah, and he was just recently hired by Jacksonville State to be their head coach, I believe. Yeah, the last the last little anecdote I wanted to say is that uh, when reading about him, there was a lot of like times he would have contract disputes, like with football and baseball. Um, so yeah. I can't imagine being his agent. That would be hell. Yeah, I, I also. So what was his average games played? Good question. I don't know how to f- find that out without doing the math but he only played over 100 games once um he played 115 was his career high at 97 like it just seems interesting to like how much money he would make because you're only getting him for yeah looking at the games he played you're basically getting him for at most half the season how much money do i want to give this guy and I don't know. That's all. That's fascinating. 
is he worth a roster spot for someone who is playing another sport? Yeah, I I was thinking about that as well. And like he seemed pretty replaceable. Yeah. I uh Look. it's it's not like minor leagues either where it's like oh, we'll bring more fans like major league is it I doubt he makes that much of a dent in attendance, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it says he one year in '92. He appears he led the league in triples. That's exciting. Oh, that's really cool. Fourteen triples is a lot of triples. Yeah, in ninety-seven games. Wow. Uh, do you have the similarity scores for him? He well, first off, before getting into that, I just wanted to quickly compare him to Bo Jackson because Bo Jackson's made an All-Star game, and I think that's why you were thinking maybe Dion made one and. Uh, Bo played 694 yeah. games. Dion played 641. So very similar sample size. Uh, Bo had an 8.4 career war. So pretty significant difference since they only yeah. played the same amount of games compared to Dion's 5.5. Uh, Sanders, or sorry, Bo Jackson had 141 home runs in his career compared to Dion's 39. Bo was an above average hitter, 112 OPS. Dion was below average, 89. Um, but Bo was a much worse defender than Dion, um, which is funny because I've seen like a lot of Bo Jackson defensive highlights, but uh, I guess averaging it out, uh, Bo Jackson was negative 20 career runs above average, so pretty bad. Wow. And Dion Jackson, or ah, Dion Sanders was slightly above average. So um, Dion was better in the field, Bo was better at the plate. They played against each other five times. That's and- cool. In one of the games, Dion hit an inside-the-park home run. He hit it to Bo. Bo dove and missed it, so Dion scored. Robbie, I'm, I'm going to send you this link now on your phone. If you want to watch it, I want to see your reaction live here on the pod. I know the listener can't see the video, but watch this play at the plate. It is one of the best plays at the plate I have ever seen. All right, let me see this. Blazing around second. Tamper goes over to get the ball, plays it in there, waving him home. He just like need the catcher in the face and then did a wrestling move on him. <laughs> it's a hilarious play at the plate. That is absurd. I just wanted you to see that because I watched that video and I was like, this is hilarious. He does. He, he knees him in the face. And then he misses the plate and has to go back and, like, do a wrestling move to get a rat. Oh, my God. That is phenomenal. And then the fist pump at the end. Yeah. He's psyched. That is awesome. Um, so that's Dion versus Bo. And then the batter similarity scores for Dion's career. Only player I recognized on the list was Kosuke Fukudome. Okay. Inter- okay. So, yeah, not, not great. Yeah, you can't compare him to Hall of Famers, so we won't even try. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow, that was that is cool. Deion Sanders would not have gotten that. I like that one. I know. I know it was some uh some sly hints there, but I thought it would be fun and uh yeah. pretty interesting guy to talk about. Yeah, that's a fun one. All right, do you want me to go? Yeah, sounds good. Okay. So my player. He played twelve years from nineteen ninety seven to 2008 he played for five teams 
the Indians, the Reds, the Pirates, the Tigers, the Red Sox, but he spent most of his career with the Reds. He played DH and first base. And I'll pause there. Jay Bruce. No, it's a good one, though. That's probably bad. I think he still plays. <laughs> um, okay, so... I don't think I know. I think I have someone in mind, but I'm worried to say his name because it's going to sound dumb because I don't think I have his name right. Mo Vaughn. Wow. Oh, no, it's not, but okay. No, I just knew he played for the Red Sox. Yeah, he was mostly, I believe, with the Angels. So I'll give you what they're most known for, and then I'll give you his nickname. So what they're most known for, one of the most well-liked players in baseball. And also, not what they're most known for, but one of those interesting things, statistically one of the greatest postseason hitters of all time, based on, I'll say based on batting average. Uh, and their nickname, The Mayor. All right, so people definitely have this by now. <laughs> I always, like, feel the pressure because I'm like... <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Um, sorry, wait, did you say what position? DH in first base. Okay. Um, one of the best postseason hitters of all it's, time. Were they known in the postseason for the Reds? Uh, I mean, I guess. I will say it is a fact they were one of the greatest postseason, like the highest batting average of all times in the postseason. I would have never thought of that. It shocked me. The mayor. Hmm. Am I I'm definitely going to know this player? Am I going to be, like, upset with myself? I don't know. I'm worried that you don't know him, and you're going to be like, okay. I think you do, though. I think you do. No, I mean, don't worry about that. Um, yeah, I'm just having a tough time. I just – I can't picture anyone – but that's, like – that's right in our era, so I definitely know this player. I think um, you know. How long were they on the Red Sox for? Uh, maybe a year. Okay. Let me see. It's, yeah, one year with the Red Sox, two years with the Tigers, a year with the Pirates, and, like, nine years or eight years with uh, the Reds. They're, okay. like, you would know them the Red. Okay, I'm going to say a really dumb guess that this is probably going to be... No, you know what? It's not even worth saying. Okay, I was going to say Willie Mo Pena. I have no idea who it's he played for. Pena. It just sounded right. <laughs> It's not William O'Pena. I do not know nearly enough about William O'Pena's career. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of him. Um, it's, again, it's, it's not simple. It's, it's one that so I liked this player because it's like so friendly, so well-liked. When I went to opening day uh, for the Orioles one year, and he must have been on, could have been on the Reds. We wouldn't have played him. Maybe it was when he was on the Tigers when we played them to start. Mm-hmm. Everyone else like on the Tigers got booed. They got booed when, it, when this person got called. Everyone gave him like a round of applause. Everyone just really liked him. Is there like an obvious hint that you can just? I just want one more chance. Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Cause I, I. What's his initials? SC. It's you. You. It's not obvious. Like it's. It's a tough one. Man, I'm disappointed. Who is it? Sean Casey. Yeah, don't know. Don't oh, know. you don't know Sean Casey? Well, now I feel foolish. No, you're totally fine. I mean, if he's one of the best, I should. Sounds like I should definitely know him. 
So again, that was a, so he is. I guess I'll get into that. His in his in forty one postseason played appearances, where the minimum is forty, mm-hmm. he had, he batted four ten, fifth highest ever. So he like statistically does have one of the greatest postseason like batting averages of all time, fifth highest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's man. Now I feel like I'm talking about a player that you don't care about. But that's fine. Um, no, I think that's fun because that that's like kind of the point of this podcast, right? Yeah. It's like talk about these like random cards and players and. Um, I'm interested to learn more. I just pulled up his baseball reference. So his career war is pretty, pretty bad. Um, yeah, it's, exactly. So this, this is no star, his, as you said. But his, his like, uh, stats aren't bad, necessarily. No. Yes. So uh, career war is a 16.5. Um, and he hit 130 home runs, ended up with a, a batting average of 302, 735 RBIs. Uh, so, like, not great, especially for playing so many years to have a career war of 16.5 is like whatever. It's basically he was a DH pretty much, except he played yeah. in the uh, like he played a long time in the NL where they didn't have a DH, but that was what he would have been. So he was the first baseman just because they wanted him to do the least amount of damage on the field and like just they wanted his bat. Yeah, um, that's that's definitely understandable. And uh, I mean, yeah, like a one, like he seemed like an above average hitter. Yeah, he was. So he was a three-time All-Star. And in his third year, he finished 14th in the MVP voting, which shocked me. He batted 332 with 25 home runs and 99 RBIs. Uh, his career uh, OPS plus is a 109, so above average, but not, like, you know, significantly. So, as I said, he only had a positive defensive war once in his career. So, really, he was a negative. And his top like, war per season was a 3.9 and a 4.2. So they were basically two years where he should have been an all-star and like the third year that he made it. He was mostly just like, again, he was a good player. I just really liked him because in 2007, he won the Sports Illustrated poll of the friendliest player in baseball with like 47% of the vote. Nobody else got more than 6%. Like everybody, that's why he was known as the mayor when he got to first base. He just chatted it up with, with Sean Casey and he was just like, I just, to me, that's how, if I got the majors, that's what I wanted to be known as. I was less worried about being like the best player. I wanted to be known as like the nicest player, which it probably says more about me than I want, but just a really, a really nice guy. Yeah, he looks really nice in his baseball reference picture. <laughs> <laughs> Super nice. And then, so the couple of things that I had. So one, in 1999, he won the Hutch Award. Have you ever heard of the Hutch Award? No. Thank you. He talked about like one of the most prestigious awards you could win. What? So it best exemplifies the fighting spirit and competitive desire of Fred Hutchinson. So I was like, okay, who's Fred Hutchinson? The award was created in 1965 to honor him. He's a former MLB pitcher and manager who, I'll just tell you the story. So in 1963, Hutchinson felt a lump in his throat and sought medical attention from his brother, who was a cancer surgeon. His brother told him he would only live for one more year. He returned to the ball club where he was managing, concealed his illness, and led his team throughout most of the season until he passed away mid-season. How wild is that? Oh my gosh. He managed, basically, he managed to, like, August, needed to take days off and passed away a couple weeks later. He he managed until, like, he died. His team then, after he passed away, went on a huge run, competed for the pennant, and ended up losing by, like, a game. Like, wow. an unreal story. I think they might have lost, actually, in the World Series. I'll double-check. But an absolutely unreal story that I had never heard of. No, uh, that's 
That's very interesting. And how did Sean Casey win this award? Oh, yeah. So that's the other thing. That's the other thing. So then you go to the, the Hutch Award website, and you can click on each winner. And so I clicked on it, and I was it just gives you their baseball stats, not what they did to earn it. So then I was like, all right, well, let me look at the past couple winners. Maybe that'll give it away. So like one of them, John Lester. That makes sense. Uh, the other one, last year, D. Gordon. I don't know what D. Gordon did. I don't remember. The year before, Stephen Piscotti. I don't know who that is. The year before, Jake Dykeman. I don't know who that is. Why did these people win the, win the Hutch Award? What qualifies someone to win the Hunch Award? Who's going to so win it this looking, year? I was looking, exactly, I'm excited. I was looking through Sean Casey's Wikipedia as to like, all right, well, what did, you know, what did he do that year to win it? And there's, doesn't say anything. I don't know. I don't the most know. most mysterious award in baseball. So intrigued. Please somebody tell me more about the Hutch Award because it seems really cool. It's named after someone who did something like just... You know, astounding, astounding, but no, uh, I'm very curious. I'm gonna follow up on that in a few weeks and see who won yes, this year. Please do. Uh, the other things that I want to talk about he was traded his, I think, before he made the majors, maybe after he played like a couple seasons as a minor leaguer for David Burba, who was a pitcher. Now, a couple things there David Burba, where this trade was created, was made the day before opening day. David Berber was supposed to be the other team's starting pitcher. They traded their opening day starter one day before the season started. That's wild. Who does a deal the day before the season starts? It was Sean Casey. Yeah, well, so then Sean, exactly. And I was like, well, okay. So so David Berber was, at the time, he was a sub-500 pitcher uh, He and had a batting average of like 4.1 won one the year before. At that point, his career record was 49-45 and 45 with a 4.26 ERA in eight seasons. He was 11-10 and 10 with a 4.73 ERA for the Reds the previous season. So, like, not someone you needed to go get was not, especially the day before, I don't know, but when the Reds traded him, it was seen as like, wow, these cheap, this, their cheap owners are cost-cutting again. They're just giving away salary. They're giving away their best pitcher for this, this minor leaguer. And I was like, all right, is Sean Casey nobody? No, he was the Indians' minor league player of the year. So he was their top prospect. Why, why was that deal made? What a weird deal. It is the, their number one prospect for a 500 pitcher who was 30 years old. So he was also Baseball America's number 20 prospect after he hit 380 with 15 home runs. Like, it, the deal makes no sense. It is a wild yeah. deal. And then, I, it, I guess, yeah, it makes sense for Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, you get you get a top prospect. Of course you do that. I just, the timing of it is very weird to do it a day before the season starts. I don't know. It's, it seems, I could see it being a deadline deal. It'd still be a weird one, but like, we're going to make a run this year. We need to shore up our, our rotation. Yeah, we'll overpay. But then potentially my favorite thing, David Berba, so he ended up, uh, 115 and 87, a 4.49 ERA, you know, a fine career. His career war is 16.5, the exact same as Sean Casey's. I want to know, is that the most, like, equal, even trade in MLB history? I mean, it has to be at least tied. Like, yeah. Like, war, of course, a lot of people, and I yeah, think me and you kind of use it as, like, an end-all, be-all metric. 
but like I think I told you this one time, I'm pretty sure Johnny Damon has a higher career war than David Ortiz. And yeah. it makes sense because Damon played the field. Yeah. Ortiz didn't. But like clearly, depending on your team, David you would Ortiz rather be more valuable yeah. player. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I see, totally see what you're saying, and it's not like either Sean Casey or David Berba were probably huge difference makers. Yeah. So that might be uh, one of the most even trades of all time. Yes, and then just getting back to – because everything is, is weirdly uh, connected. Let me see if I can find it again. Deion Sanders at one point was traded for David Berba. Isn't that wild? We just found a huge connection. We just found the connection. It's somehow, somehow Dave Berba is the answer. This has just become a David Berba pod. That, that is so interesting. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was my big, my big thing. I just thought that was, that was fascinating. But back to Sean Casey, his uh, like historical career comps, David Segui, who I don't know if you remember, he played for the Orioles. And then the other two make sense. Billy Butler, Eric Hosmer. Good hitters. You got to put them at first or DH, but good hitters. I mean, those are good comps. Like Butler and Hosmer have had like good careers. Like Nothing crazy. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Sean Casey again. A player that I loved just because he, he was so nice. He was just so nice. He was so friendly. That's, that's all I want in this, from this world for my athletes. I want them to be nice. That's a funny player. Well, should we get into that kind of... Overrated, underrated segment. Did you have anything yeah. to say about Sean Casey? That's that's all my Sean Casey anecdotes. I I challenge someone to have more Sean Casey anecdotes. <laughs> all right. Well, then I guess I'll give my thoughts. Um, man, this this segment of the pod can be brutal. We should almost <laughs> add like a properly rated. Uh, yeah. That, that takes away from the fun, like of having. Yeah, for fun. sure. Um, so Sean Casey, I mean, just the fact that I didn't know about him, I would just, I would have to say underrated, even if I'm dumb, just from my perspective, he's underrated because I didn't know about him and he had a pretty good career. He's a good hitter and uh really nice guy <laughs> and he won the Hutch Award. So he's I won the Hutch Award. Yeah. Um, so for me, I think he's a little overrated just because I remember him with such fondness. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I thought that he was like, not like David Ortiz in the NL, like that's too strong. But I thought that he was like the, like the hitter in the NL. He wasn't, he was a good hitter, but he was not, he was not great. He was just like an above average hitter who was really nice. Um, Everyone thinks like you, he's definitely overrated. (laughs) If you guys thought that Sean Casey used David Ortiz, you're wrong. They're different people. They had different careers. Uh, but yeah, so for me, overrated. And then Deion Sanders, uh, overrated as a baseball player. I thought that he was like, I mean, I did not realize he played nine years. So I'll give him credit for that. But he basically played half a season every year at max. It's, it's truly an unbelievable feat that he could play in the MLB and NFL. I don't know if he should have played in the MLB. He was a below average player, in my opinion. So I'm going to say overrated. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's very fair. Like, yes, he is one of the greatest athletes of all time just because he played both. And yeah. he definitely held his own in the MLB. Like you were saying, he probably didn't, like, deserve to be a starter based on his stats. Um, 
Yeah, like it, it's just like you just can't say he was like a, an accomplished baseball player. So from a baseball perspective, a bit overrated because I would have thought he would have had uh, slightly better like defensive numbers or like hitting, but uh, yeah, not that great of a baseball player. Again, still unbelievable that he did it. Um, but I will say that 90, what season was it? Oh, I'm on Sean Casey's page. I was like, this doesn't look right. That 92 season for Deion Sanders where he had the 130 OPS plus. Yeah. That kind of shows like he could have been a really, really good baseball player, but could have, yeah. would have, should have. Just looking at his stats, I have to say overrated. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's fair. Um, all right. Now, I have a 90, uh, I think 2000, a 2000 Sean Casey card versus what year is your Deion Sanders card? So, a 1990, so let me see, 2000 Sean Casey, ooh, good year. Yeah, 2000 Sean Casey batted 315 with 85 RBIs, 20 home runs. That's, yeah, that's a decent year. What did Deion Sanders do that year? Ooh, this is brutal for Deion. 1990 with the Yankees in 57 games, 158 batting average, 507 OPS, 3 home runs, 9 RBIs. Yeah, I will go with Sean Casey, who basically doubles him in every statistical thing there. So, yeah, the 2000 Sean Casey, better than the, what year, what year was it for Deion Sanders? 1990. Yeah. So out of those uh, players, you want Sean Casey in that year. So let me yeah. see your card. They don't, it's not flattering to Sean Casey. He looks very big. It's <laughs> him, like, basically trying to run to first base, and it, it's not, it's not good. It looks like he just, like, did a half swing and hit the ball to third base. Yeah. And he's yeah. unsure if he should run or not. Yeah, it's – he also – yeah, his – you can't really see his facial expression too much, I don't think, but he looks very confused. He yeah. looks like, oh, no, oh, no, what do I do? It's not a good look. Yeah, uh, that's kind of a classic, like, cool 2000s design, like real shiny, like futuristic. Yep. Um, I have a pretty cool-looking Deion Sanders, not going to lie. Yeah, no, it's it, the Deion Sanders card is the right answer. Having a Deion Sanders baseball card is super cool. And then right next to it in my binder. That's really cool. Deion Sanders football card. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, the Deion Sanders baseball card is a really cool card to have. Yeah, and they also look like completely different eras. 100%. <laughs> that, that baseball card, he looks like old school. Yeah, that's why I like it. I wonder if it's like worth anything. And when I say that, I mean like five to ten bucks. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like can imagine. Yeah, no, that's a cool card. Cool. So, yeah, I'd rather have the Dion card, but rather have Sean Casey as a player. Yeah, and then, I mean, the connections. We found I mean, David Berba. David Berba. Like, that, there's no other way we can really go through it. That is the connection. It's an unbelievable one. Actually, wait. Dion did play for the Reds. Um, let me see. What year did uh, Sean Casey was a little bit later? No, oh, wait, no. They, they overlap. Oh, yes. They overlapped in what? 2007 and 2001. No, 90, no, 97. He was still on the Indians. But 2001, Sean Casey, his, uh, one of his all-star years, Dion was on the team. Well, look at that. They were teammates. They were teammates. All right, now I got to see. Are there any, like... I can't imagine a good Sean Casey, Deion Sanders story, but, you know, we got to check for it. We have to check for it. And while you're doing that, um, 
I would just say my takeaway for Dion, because we like to usually do like one big takeaway. My takeaway is that Dion Sanders could have been a really good baseball player. Like we we said over yeah. it because you know he's a great athlete and he wasn't that good his career statistics, but like he definitely could have been a really good baseball player. And obviously, having a football career is going to derail that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Let's see. Yeah, they played together. I don't know. There's, it appears that they were friends. Talk about uh, oh, Sean Case. They're both now analysts. Like Sean Casey works for MLB Network, um, and uh, I mean, Dion. Sean Casey. Yeah, I, I think you're gonna see him, and you're like, oh, that's Sean Casey. Okay, see him uh, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I just want to say this is a quote of, from. I don't fully know who it's. Oh, from Paul O'Neill. It says Sean Casey. Sean Casey was a great baseball player, but an even better person. That's and that's my boy. Just he was a great guy, and people. Um, also, another funny thing: uh, the one Casey was traded. It was a salary dump of Casey's eight point five million dollar contract, but also part of an ill-fated plan to move left fielder, star left fielder Adam Dunn to first base, so Willie Mo Pena could play left. I knew <laughs> Willie Mo Pena was involved. Look at this. Wow, we're finding yeah. a lot of connections. I also just Googled 2020 Hutch Award, and it was D. Gordon. So I thought you said he was last year. Maybe it was this year. He was, he was last he was year. Good. No, he, he was last year. He was No, I went deep into the Hutch Award. Don't do that to me. No, D. Gordon Hutch. won this year. I mean, he may have won last year, too, but he won this year. What? When, when was that? He won it. Something done. I thought that he won in 2019. Well, now, now I'm mad at myself. Hutch Award. All right, let me get the Hutch Award winners, and we can look at all the different winners. I very well, it much looks like it was before the season began, but it says the 2020 Hutch Award. Okay, so the Hutch, the Hutch like, website has that as the 2019. Oh, boy. This so is LA.com, so. Maybe it's given to the one, like, the previous year. So in 2020, it's given to the 2019 winner. It's a weird way to do it, but I don't oh, know. This is the most mysterious award. What is uh, yeah, I need... I don't, he won it in. He was awarded it in August, which is such a weird time. So fascinated. Definitely got to uh, learn more about that. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think I think that's everything. Uh, David Berba, I think, is the big winner of this pod. He got his name thrown out more than I've ever. I didn't know who he was. I didn't know who he was. He's a fine pitcher, but. The same career war as Sean Casey. Again, if anybody wants to find me, if there was ever a more equal trade, I'd be fascinated. Uh, yeah, uh, this was this was a joy. This was a joy, Christopher. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, really, like, did not expect these two players to be on the pod today. I know, I know. This these might be two of like the most different players. Where like Dion, like prime time, just like all about. Flash, and then Sean Casey, again, a really nice guy. A good player. It's also, Deion Sanders, not a good, like, not, not a bad, like, but not a very good player. A below average and super flashy. Sean Casey, above average, just super nice. Yeah. Just super nice. One of the most obscure episodes we will probably do, but yes. I really enjoyed it. Um, and uh, I can't wait for next week, dude. I, every time when we finish, I'm like, can't wait till next week. I know. I know. It always makes me want to go through and like find the next one. It's awesome. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, thanks All for right. tuning in, everybody. And Jack. Yeah, this was. This, thank you, everyone, and Jack. Uh, this is awesome. And we will be back next week. Thank you so much. All right.
All right, see ya. Mink Condition, a baseball card podcast, is independently produced and recorded by Robbie Greenspan and Chris Barranco. Special thanks to baseball historian and consultant Jack Williams.